Cloud Native in the Light. It has been a while, and and this is a, a return, a return guest, an alumnus. I'm here with Matt Curry. So he, you've you've uh, been working on that stuff over there at Allstate for a while. But why don't you introduce yourselves to the audience? Sure, absolutely. My name's Matt Curry. I'm the director of cloud engineering over at Allstate, and we've been doing this cloud boundary thing for a bit over a year. I guess it's been. About a, a year since we talked last, huh? But you're you're not just you know working at Allstate. You worked at other places before, right? Like you got some Silicon Valley DNA in you. <clears throat> yeah. So before I came to Allstate, I was at PayPal for about eight years. Uh, worked a lot over there, doing a variety of things. Um, spent some time doing performance and capacity work. Spent some time uh, playing a role that I call like operations mercenary person. Which was just going and solving weird hard problems like it's um, like DevOps, DevOps, but you kill people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. But um, but yeah, just uh, kind of going and and figuring out hard problems and trying to get really smart people together to go solve them. Um, people that are frustrated enough by those problems. So so that was a lot of fun. And then came over here to Allstate to work on. Uh, the cloud and and our cloud engineering journey um, as it happens. So lots happened since we talked, but the thing I want to feature today is you have an upcoming talk at, at Pivotal's conference, Spring One Platform, about some <clears> of the technical <throat> stuff. But I also want to compare and contrast that to a talk you just gave at the Cloud Foundry Summit because that was a, a very um, culture focused talk. And then at at the Spring One, you're going to talk about the 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 pipelines you're building with concourse and the kind of the continuous delivery methodology is adopted at Allstate. So I'll let you sort of start and let's just kind of have a, a little brainstorm situation about the things you're doing, what you think's working, like what you'd like to see, what you're excited about and, and see where it goes. Yeah. So it's been an interesting year and a fun year. Um, you know, starting out, I think from a culture perspective, we really didn't know a whole lot about what that was going to end up looking like or how we got there. It was very kind of iterative in nature. And so the talk I gave at Cloud Foundry Summit was a review over the last 12 months of how we've used branding and an internal brand as a tool or a mechanism to drive cultural change. And it was kind of interesting because I don't think at the time that we incepted um, that idea, we really realized how powerful it was going to be in getting people to re kind of reorient or refocus their behaviors um, and work differently and collaborate differently. And so that was uh, very much a culture talk. But obviously, as that culture gets implemented, as that shift happens, it also impacts technology and technology decisions. Um, and so as a result of some of that work, we're highly focused on you know short feedback loops and continuous integration, and we've done some cool things with Concourse and managing our Cloud Foundry environment. Uh, and so we'll be sharing more of the technical side of the results of that cultural change uh, at Spring One. So it'll be a kind of a cool balance of these two things as they play back and forth. Let, let's go to Concourse second, but I kind of want to get just and I know you did the long form uh, version at Cloud Foundry Summit, but. You know, what, what was going on internally, the Allstate, because I've seen some of the Compose stuff and the branding. You, know, you guys made T-shirts. You guys have, you know, you have swag. Like, you literally branded, marketed your internal transformation to, to the rest of the org. 
Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we did. And it was a way to get people excited about it. Um, it was a way, you know, a little bit uh, of the talk talks about how as organizations grow and evolve, um, complexity increases and we try and deal with this complexity usually through kind of rules and governance and committees and we end up in this place where we can't really um, move quickly. And, and furthermore, like we become farther and farther disassociated from like our core value system because the more of those rules we need, like the farther removed they become from like why we're here. Um, and so uh, the branding of, of Composed was really about kind of bringing us back to the roots of, of our core values and um, also talking about, you know, how we have one brand for our customers, uh, which is to serve them and you know it's a really important brand and then we but we needed a slightly different kind of internal brand for the engineers to think about how they're building solutions with a different emphasis so you know customers were very focused on safety and security and protection which of course as an insurance company is very important it's something that we're all about but um, on the engineering side we needed some focus on speed and velocity quick decision making um, end user delight and, and things like that. So we just needed, it was very much some of the same underlying concepts, which is, you know, that our customer is very important, but uh, a slightly different emphasis uh, for the technology and the way that we're delivering um, IT. So, so riffing on that theme of, you know, the speed and the delight and, and fast feedback loops, what, what have you guys been doing with Concourse? And maybe even give a short introduction to what Concourse is. I know what Concourse is, obviously but maybe uh, everyone else in the world doesn't. If they don't and they're interested in continuous delivery, uh, they probably will soon. Yeah, so if you don't, uh, Google Concourse. I think it's uh, concourse.ci, is, is that what it is? Um, but uh, yeah, Concourse is great. Concourse is a continuous integration uh, and delivery uh, pipeline tool. And uh, we use it for deploying Cloud Foundry itself. So um, one thing that we've done as a part of our internal transformation is we've changed the way that we develop software to be um, more test-driven and then driving lots of automation and how we deliver it to the different environments all the way up through production, which hopefully makes our production deployments very boring and predictable. And we were looking at that and we said, wow, we should really apply the same principles to how we deploy and deliver the cloud itself or the cloud platform itself. Um, which in, in this case is Cloud Foundry. And so we've used Concourse and we had to get pretty creative with it um, in the early days to basically do that. And um, we've built kind of our own battery of tests and we use it to really tighten the feedback loops and make sure that as we get updates um, from the Pivotal network, that those are vetted through a bunch of test applications that we have and other things to make sure uh, that when we do do upgrades, that it's seamless and non-disruptive, and we can preserve so our highly available model. Contrast uh, what what Concourse provides uh, versus you know, any of the other kind of CI tools that you use. Um, yeah, sure. So one one distinct difference is that the the pipeline itself is versionable because it's stored in source control. So um, that's huge. And for people coming from like a Travis CI background, that'll be familiar. And uh, even Jenkins has started to move in that direction, although traditionally that, that hasn't been the case. Um, and then the, the big thing, though, for us was 
Uh, we knew that there was a bunch of stuff that was going to be going on in the Cloud Foundry community around Concourse because it seems to be kind of the well-accepted tool. Um, it's how, then, how Pivotal does the CI on Cloud Foundry itself for the internal development of Cloud Foundry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it also supports very complicated pipelines, which was important for us because we were deploying to multiple environments. So that's one of the things we're using Concourse for is that we actually run uh, eight Cloud Foundry foundations in production. So we needed a way to manage all of those in a consistent way. Um, and then also it has kind of the Bosch resource. So there's some Bosch things inside of Concourse that make interacting with Bosch um, a little bit more friendly uh, rather than having to figure that out from scratch using a different CI system. So lots of good examples, lots of good community work um, for how to interact with the Cloud Foundry ecosystem with Concourse. So that you've got this pipeline, you've been building on Concourse with Cloud Foundry. Maybe it's worth a little riff, and I don't want to give away all the, all the talk, but how does that feed back into the goals of that culture and those core values you're talking about? Um, I mean, one of the big core values we talked about was automate everything and um, do the do try to do the right thing in spite of, of deadlines. So I think as we were deploying our production infrastructure, we were under the gun um, to deliver by a certain date because we had applications that were queued up getting ready to go into production. Um, and we were kind of were working right up until uh, that deadline. And it was kind of like we had nothing, we had nothing, we had nothing, like we were almost there, we were freaking out. And then like one day it worked and all of a sudden we went from having zero to like having all eight foundations done in no time. And so it was very much that, um, you know, that mentality of we're gonna do the right thing, we're gonna make sure this is repeatable. We absolutely don't want people like SSHing into boxes we want to automate all of this process and make sure that it's repeatable and reliable uh, and that we know exactly what's going on in the environment because that's the only way we're going to manage this thing at scale. Um, and, and I think the cultural pieces of that, that, that we're able to make that successful uh, were some of the things that we discussed in the culture talk, like, um, you know, before Composed was really uh, created in a thing and before we had the environment down at the Chicago Mart, like we took all the platform engineers and put them in the cafeteria at headquarters so that they could have like co-located space. And we like rolled some whiteboards in there and we're like, hey, everybody's gonna sit together and we're gonna pair and work on this um, and, and figure this out in a more open and collaborative way. Uh, also the meetings things, like we, you know, we killed meetings and that made this a lot more of a productive exercise. It, it was, you know, we were able to get this huge onerous task that seemed so intimidating um, knocked out by really focusing on doing the engineering work and um, not giving in too much to people who just kind of want to be informed. Absolutely. It's interesting to see that, that dynamic in, you know, and I, I've seen it play out in many products I've been on where you know, you're, you're literally making decisions between doing things right and doing things right now as an engineer every single day and that temptation to, to just incur a bit of technical debt to get something for the deadline over just doing the right thing because you're going to have you know, these benefits later is, is real, man. The struggle is real. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, we're constantly having to ask ourselves like, okay, if we, what's the minimum we have to deliver in order to make sure this date is good? Like, can, can, we, can we hold the line? 
you know, because um, once there were down, pieces that were down the dark path, it will forever die. Yeah. Your destiny. So there were definitely pieces that were lagging behind. But what we were able to do is say, well, we know this date is being driven by this one app and this one deliverable. So um, what does that app need in order to be successful? Absolutely. And, and really focus on being sure that those core components got delivered. And then all of the other things that we knew we needed could lag behind by you know a week or two if they got delayed. No big deal. But it was really important for us to effectively prioritize There's to that goal. There's absolutely legitimate reasons to, to use dates to drive certain things. I mean, particularly when you're in industries that have regulations that happen on a certain date or you know, APIs you depend on are going away. Like That's not work you can defer. Um, and, and definitely, you should have that conversation with the business. But... But just being mindful about the, the trajectories you put yourself on when you compromise those engineering decisions um, from, from day one to you know, day 100 is definitely meaningful from, the, from a cost perspective. I think it's often difficult for the business to, to fully understand the long-term cost of those short-term decisions. Yeah, and I think that sometimes you have a date just to have a date, uh, which can be <clears throat> which can be tough um, on a team when they're like, like, oh my gosh, we have to hit it by this date because so and so said. But really, there's no other reason, um, and you know, or we have to hit this date because we said we would be faster than anybody else, and like that means it's this date. Well, you know, the magnitude of what you're delivering may be much larger than whatever else was delivered before you. So, um, you know, managing to that one date may not make sense. And then the the other piece, of course, which is um, what I hit on earlier, is I think when our mind thinks about dates, we kind of think about the waterfall process. And it kind of assumes like this linear delivery model where I deliver so much by this date, and then I can deliver the same amount by the next date, and then I can deliver the same amount by the next date. But as we know, like when you make sound engineering decisions, um, you de can deliver uh, what's seeming like a small amount early, but then you can deliver huge amounts with much less effort going forward. And so it really is more um, like an exponential. It's uh, about laying, laying the foundation or, or platform, if you will, to do the rest of that work forever. It's also a mindset, and this is to me like where it becomes sort of cloud native. Or you know, If you're in a continuously delivered mindset, you're kind of decoupling the, de the delivery of the features from the the marketing or the or like the release of, of those features, right? And being able to make those business decisions with full transparency and, and full flexibility gives organizations that the cloud enabled organizations a lot of advantages over those who are still trying to do you know the big releases. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very yeah, it's very important to be able to dissect um, your architecture down into smaller components that are that are clearly decoupled, and that's one of the challenges. Is you know when you were you were talking earlier about you make those compromises to make the date. Well, next thing you know, you where you should have been touching one thing to do an update, now you're touching ten things that you should have never been touching. But because so, you made that compromise and coupled those things together, uh, you no longer have a choice. So now to do the, the right thing next time, you have to go undo the work you did the first time. Right. And you know now whatever you're having to undo is bigger because all sorts of stuff has grown on top of it. 
So who knows the amount of unwinding you have to do? I'll start to take advantage of those quirky behaviors as features. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's the, the, the IE bug conundrum. You can't fix bugs in IE because people assume that they're there and they've built feature and functionality on top of them, right? This basically describes most of IT. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. Unless you have uh, another parting bit of wisdom, I think that's a good thing. I just want to get people kind of excited about the stuff we're doing at Springland Platform. I know you're going to be there, Las Vegas, August 1st through 4th. You're going to tell us more about the details of how you guys have implemented the, the concourse pipelines, the Cloud Foundry, and the impact it's having at Allstate. Is there anything else you'd like to kind of add or throw out there that you're excited about? Um, not, not at the moment. Um, you know, go check out the talk from CF summit and, uh, hopefully we'll see you at spring one platform, come and hang out and say hi. And let's all, you know, as a community figure out how to do this thing, right. But I think there's a lot of, uh, experience and lessons we can share among the, uh, cloud foundry community. So looking forward to, to my, doing that. My, my motivation is I just want more and more kind of conveniences and the, the better the software is, facilitate things like I push a button on an app and what I want happens is like my money motivation. So if we could just fix all that you know, before spring one platform, that'd be great. Is that for me? I, I'll, I'll work on it. How's that? I'll have an update for you. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a, a meeting and we'll synchronize our, our synergies. That sounds good. That sounds good. All right. Till next time. Looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. All right. Sounds good, man. See you then.